ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, Diet Time is here. That's right, it's a Thanksgiving bonus episode of Kill by Kill. Well, greetings and salutations, Internet. It's your old pal, Patrick Hamilton, coming to you once again from Plymouth, Massachusetts, or as close to it as we can possibly afford. This is the Kill by Kill podcast, where we are dedicated to celebrating the least discussed component of any horror film, the characters. We will be unpacking all the gory details of Eli Roth's fake trailer for Thanksgiving uh, as a change of pace on this Black Friday for you, uh, in the hopes that... Well, a uh, family reveler's untimely end is just the beginning of the jokes that we can make about them. And as always, there's only one person I trust to provide the right kind of stuffing for every episode. The one and only Gina Radcliffe. How are you doing, Gina? Happy Thanksgiving, Patrick. Happy Thanksgiving. I hope everyone had a wonderful turkey day filled with uh, Macy's Day Parade awkwardness and lazily watching uh, the dog show and not uh, losing your mind trying to prepare a meal that contains too many elements for a thousand people at your house. Just uh, shaking your cane at every new young television star that appears on the Macy's Thanksgiving Parade because I don't know who this is. Who is this? <laughs> well, well, you know, by people scrambling around to Google this person's name to, to find out who they are. Every year, there's more. It's more. There's every year. That's just, I feel my encroaching decrepitude as I recognize less people on the, the Macy's Cav- Thanksgiving Parade. It's a cavalcade of C-list stars who are asked, what do you feel about this parade? And everyone is unprepared to give an answer to that very simple question. <laughs> it's like, you know, like, oh, I used to watch it as a kid or the energy here is so incredible. Like I could give you a dozen answers every single year that would make sense. No one comes prepared for this. Like literally the last time I was excited to see anybody in the parade, I believe it was Hall and Oates. listen if they showed up uh yesterday during thanksgiving i would also register an amazing amount of excitement (laughs) well i don't want to worry you gina but we are not alone that is right uh we have a special guest with us uh he's one of the hosts of the finest classic rpg podcasts available to put into your ear holes and he's one of our favorite guests as well the one and only john brandon how are you doing sir oh i I am just fine, but why are you saying Happy Thanksgiving in November? I'm really confused. Oh, that's right. You're Canadian. When is your Thanksgiving again? What Do you put socks on the same way? Does the water in the <laughs> toilet bowl swirl in a different direction up there? What, what time is it there? Isn't it like Thursday or something? Yeah, it, it is Thursday in October, and Happy Canadian Thanksgiving. Have either of you been to the Macy's? day parade i have a couple of times actually i haven't and i dream of it and we keep we keep threatening um, it each other every year that we're really it is really fucking crowded yeah Hmm. and are the balloons cool they are they are actually the the best part um not surprisingly i am a a short woman and usually when every time i've gone i've either been stuck in the middle or in the back of the crowd so i've never seen a single band (laughs) i i hear them i i don't see them and um again i usually find myself i found myself like who is that who what who is that because they're not identified you just see a float you see you know 13 year old girls screaming and jumping up and down and i'm like "Mm, okay i recognize the sesame street house okay i I see that (laughs) 
I do remember one of the first years that uh, I went, I saw, because the Sesame Street house, that's always part of the parade. And I saw, I, I managed to spot Gordon. Um, <laughs> and I actually jumped up like, Gordon! <laughs> it was a, he was a beetle. It was a big moment for me. And, <laughs> and I will tell you also that the balloons are enormous. I, I fear every time I saw the Buzz Lightyear balloon go by in particular because that looks like he could take out a building. Oh, wow. Um, and you will see some glum-looking people assigned to basically keep this balloon from launching into orbit. They're just usually <laughs> underpaid Macy's employees, and they're just kind of dragging this balloon on, like, dozens of tethers. They, they signed up to refold clothes, not uh, hold on to a rocket ship that moves in slow motion. <laughs> Basically, yeah. So here we are. Uh, we decided we would take a break from our Part 5 onslaught, and we had several options that we could have gone in. And I think the most obvious would have been Blood Rage um, as a Thanksgiving horror movie. But Blood Rage is a project. Blood Rage deserves its all those characters to be talked about in the way we would normally tackle any film. And we simply do not have time to do that at this very moment. So we decided to ratchet back to a bite-sized uh, component of Thanksgiving. And what better way to do that? Then Eli Roth's fake trailer for Thanksgiving, which takes place uh, inside of the Grindhouse movie, at least the three-hour version, that is the one that you should be watching. And so I, as always, uh, hey, John, when was the first time you caught this trailer? Was it inside Grindhouse, or did you catch it after the fact? Uh, Last night. (laughs) (laughs) I did not. I wanted to go see Grindhouse, but it was only playing at one theater for a couple of weeks because it was so long. Mm -hmm. I, I never... Never saw it. My story for Grindhouse, and I'll say it briefly, but I think I may have said it on the podcast previously. I looked forward to this movie like it was Star Wars, and it was playing at the movie theater that is featured in La La Land, the one, the magical theater that they go to in Pasadena. Oh, right. And uh, it is a wonderful, grand old movie house. And I went to this was, you know, before you could really buy tickets online. So I we went to dinner ahead of time and I said, let's swing by. I'll grab the tickets. That way we don't have to wait in line or anything like that. And I go in to buy tickets at the concession stand because they didn't actually have a ticket booth. Uh, I go, oh, um, did a lot of people come to the four o'clock show? And he goes, there's like 10 people in there. (laughs) And I'm like, what? <laughs> what? Because you're the first person who's bought tickets for the 7 o'clock show. <laughs> and I'm like, are you crazy? How is this even possible? Because I thought the hype for this was unescapable. Yeah. And it just landed with the dullest of thuds. And to this day, they couldn't grasp a way to sell it. I don't know. Gina, what was your experience? Uh, to, to make a little little sadder than that, this was the last time I ever went to a midnight premiere <laughs> of a movie. Um, there were about, probably about a dozen people in the theater. Um my standout memory, other than cackling like Sam Neill at the end of In the Mouth of Madness with the Thanksgiving trailer, was a group of young people who came in late, seemed to have no idea what they were watching, and then in uh, in Planet Terror, the scene where Bruce Willis shows up, 
one of the young ladies in the group yelling out, Tom Cruise! And and, <laughs> and then they left about a half hour later. So They were well prepared for yes. that uh, motion picture. Is yeah. there a DVD release like that is the theatrical experience? I have the Blu-ray, uh, which I don't know is necessarily in print currently. Mm-hmm. But it does present it as the complete three-hour procession. Okay. It's to me. Um, it does not. To me, it does not feel that long. It moves at a pretty quick clip. I would think that seeing it at midnight might put you in as Jared Rivet, our previous guest, who had gone through a Friday the Thirteenth marathon, and said once it hit a certain point, you just became angry that the the movies weren't over with. Um, oh I no! See, I was actually I see that is a bad experience. I actually found myself hoping there were, there were more trailers because they're all they're all gold. They're all the every one of them is the highlight of of the movie and the weird little. I mean, I, I hate to get into one of those, you know. Oh, this isn't something the young people would enjoy because, but it's not something the young people would enjoy. <laughs> I mean, you know, we're barely old enough to remember when you know you had those old timey, you know, go buy concessions at the, go buy popcorn at the concession stand and like the you know the the hot dog jumping into the bond and stuff like that. And I mean, the movie theater, my local movie theater, still has as a say thank you for not smoking and turn off your pager. But that's that's about as that's about as much of a you know time capsule experience as you're going to get at this point. The drive-in but, near my place has those old. Uh, between I, the films, will have those very. Old I love that things. shit. I love that shit so much, but I do feel like it's going to be a little lost on anybody under thirty. <laughs> yeah, it's true. But the whole point of this was to give people an experience, and that's what I feel like it. It does do. It does feel like you're getting spliced together reels, and you have missing cuts where. You know, something has gotten burnt and they've taken it out of the film. Yeah, and they and, have, very, you know, have, the very, have massive scratches through yeah. everything. And you're getting uh, a films that mash together genres. And as a result, it, it feels very much like the experience you're meant to have. And that's where I think they have trouble communicating that to anyone who doesn't have a reference for it. It's like the whole point of this is to put you in a place that you might not have ever been before and see if you like it. I, I think it's hard to hold people's attention for this long. Even though, if you stick around, there's so many fantastic elements to it. <laughs> and a few unfortunate. Let's quickly go through the other trailers just just to put us in a place here. It starts out with the Machete trailer before Planet Terror. Of course, Machete went on to become uh, two different movies. So that that was almost like willing it into existence. Then in between Planet Terror and Death Proof, you have three trailers. Thanksgiving is in the middle, and it's the perfect placement for it. Uh, because you start off with Werewolf Woman of the SS, which is Rob Zombie. And here's my major problem with that trailer. Rob Zombie feels it necessary to put his name as the director at the end of it. And I think it ruins any momentum it has. It's a little self-aware, yeah. But it, Eli Roth is definitely mentioned in Thanksgiving. No. No, he's he not. Isn't. He isn't. He I mean, isn't. he's in it, He's in it, but his name isn't mentioned. In the version I watched, okay, maybe I watched a weird version of it. It said Eli Roth's Thanksgiving. Yeah, yeah no, that's, the, yeah, that's the version the I watched. Didn't, uh... What? Yeah. <laughs> 
Uh oh, are we gonna be? Are we gonna gonna be ultimately talking about two different things? <laughs> uh, well, it's entire the, the things that are on YouTube. We don't entirely know. Someone might have manipulated it, but as it as it landed in the theater in its proper cut, it does not say Eli Ross Thanksgiving. Oh, interesting. The only okay. one who name stamps themselves is Rob Zombie which takes it out of the genre he's trying to create. And while it's not a genre that I particularly love, it takes away from what he's trying to do. And I just wish someone, you know, amongst this group of directors said, you don't need to do that because it's not particularly a staple of those movies either. It's not like a lot of SS, you know, Elsa, She-Wolf of the SS, had the director's name splashed all over it. That's It's not a director's medium. No, because I think a so. lot of directors ultimately would not want their names attached to these by the time they're done. You're absolutely right. It's so that, to me, is like the the bummer of, of all of them. Because it, it just, it doesn't feel like he got, he got the memo, but he didn't get it fully. And it, and it seems like, we, we gotta let him do this because, you know, he would be perfect to do that. And then he if he had seen the other ones, I think he would have given us something on the same level as his movies. Here was his opportunity to make a trailer that's on the same batshit Texas Chainsaw Massacre Part 2 level <laughs> as his movies and I don't feel it quite raises that bar. And then you have Don't. Yes! I've seen that one. I love it so much. (laughs) That one is the best, I think, right? It's the best trailer that's ever been. Oh, yeah. It is one of the most wonderful two to three minutes of anything put to film ever. It is a master class of how to build up to a single joke. (laughs) It doesn't stop to to not make other jokes. It's full of jokes. But the whole point of it is to build of the don't, 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 don't. Next Friday. (laughs) <laughs> that's it that's that's the joke guys and I think, I think the fact that they are able to make that happen is beautiful i mean you can tell that guy has had that joke in his head <laughs> forever it's and it's very very english which is which is the whole like don't <laughs> the answer is yes. very polite and i think even more so than thanksgiving it's just like okay what the fuck is happening <laughs> because you have i think it's nick frost like this playing this giant baby <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> straight out of the baby um you have a bunch of you know the the haunting of hill house and you know hell house and a lot of let's go examine this haunted manor things. <laughs> it's a bit of William Castle in it, but way more graphic. Oh my God. It's so good. It's so good. It doesn't waste a single frame. And I will say Thanksgiving doesn't spend a lot of wasteful time either. It, it's, it, it is very well constructed. It's just hard to, the end jokes of both are pretty spectacular. It's just that, don't strikes me a little bit more than Thanksgiving <laughs> as an actual joke. So there's that. Yeah, I, I may I may break my not seeing any more midnight premieres of anything if, if Edgar Wright makes a full length movie. Don't. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know that it would ever achieve no, it, what you can achieve in that trailer, and that's the the crazy thing about it. It's like yeah, no, it's perfect the way it, it is. You don't have to have Lucy Punch doing Lucy Punch's bits. You could just go, where do I know that face from? And then craziness happens. <laughs> and that's all you need. And if you were to expand it 
I don't, I just don't, I don't know that you could, but I don't want to say that he can. All right. So let's get into Thanksgiving straight up into it. We uh, have a very scratchy looking trailer. He's obviously going for something that's been dragged along the cement. And we have an opening with a POV shot that is extremely reminiscent of Halloween 2. And we also get a vision of what it's like to put together a Thanksgiving meal when you're one elderly grandma, <laughs> which is chaos everywhere. There's like bones and stuff all over the counter. Oh, it's awful. You know, piled up in corners. It's like, how is this not cross-contaminated? It's the most horrific thing in the entire trailer. She's also got about 20 zucchinis on the oven. <laughs> There's a lot of zucchinis, and I don't know if you noticed, her cabinets are covered in pictures, just covered. Mm-hmm. Well, she's a grandmother. Yeah. She yeah. she probably has like a, sw- a a sweatshirt with her grandchildren's knees written on in puffy paint. <laughs> <laughs> she does look like my mom. <laughs> she she definitely has, uh, other than the gap teeth, which uh, which is not a family trait. Uh, she looks. Mm-hmm. Exactly like my mom's. This is a bit disturbing. Is it a gap or is it a missing tooth? It looks like okay, a, it's gap. A, it's a gap. It's a gap, I think. Yeah. It's a gap. That's a hell of a gap. I uh, um, On a man, I think a gap is very cute. Even uh, slim little actor Ian Tracy, who's a Vancouver staple, is very adorable <laughs> with his gap teeth. <laughs> is he? Does he put that on his IMDb? Slim little actor? Yeah. <laughs> yes, a gap does not prevent one from from looking attractive at all it makes one uh, distinctive that is for certain mm-hmm. we then she screams in bloody murder we can only assume that she gets stabbed even though she shows up later in the trailer but of course the trailer shows you sequences out of order so we can't think of this as a true narrative necessarily just that and we'll we're come given back to a beginning that later. looks like a beginning because yeah there's more she does more here Yes, we're really She's... we're really burying the lead with this narrator. Yeah, and his, and his voice, <laughs> which I, I I read somewhere. I think he it was said that he was a producer on Hostel. He he was somebody oh. that that worked. I mean, not an actor. He was somebody that worked with him. And this voice is just like it, it's it's insane. It is. It's. Uh, I tried to find a specific trailer where they were using it as a reference. The one that leapt to mind to me was the trailer for Don't Answer the Phone, which is one of the worst movies I have ever sat through in my entire life. It is trash. Not in a good way. There's not a lot of fun to be had. It's misogynistic to the point of that was the obvious intention was to be terrible to women and they Mm. viewed this as oh we're gonna make a point and the point is you're terrible to women and (laughs) it's gross don't don't ever answer the phone don't Don't see don't answer the phone but that has (laughs) again don't um don't this friday (laughs) so but that has that very low rumbly voice going on. And so I assume that's kind of what they're going for because I couldn't find another example. I'm sure we're good. If you, if you know what it, it's a direct reference to, hit us up on Twitter and we'll, we'll blast you. And, and well, he, he just speaks, he speaks almost nothing in, in nothing except like Thanksgiving cliches and metaphors. Yeah. Someone hit pun <laughs> on their keyboard, <laughs> just spit them out. He's that's for sure. Something to the table. Thanksgiving. <laughs> I mean, it kind of, I don't know that it ever gets better than white meat, dark meat. <laughs> All will be carved. You'll be, you'll be coming home for the holidays in a body bag. Yeah. 
It's a little bit. It's a little Buffalo Bill kind of, but even a even maybe an octave an octave lower than that. It's so uh, low that you have to pay attention to it. Otherwise, you would miss it entirely. It's just a rumble. I mean, I hope that this isn't this man's actual speaking voice because that would be terrifying. Oh no, no, you would not want to have a meeting with that. <laughs> Uh, Janet, I don't know what was in the quarterly reports for quarter two of 1996. Um, where's, where's Janet? She ran for her life. You imagine just, you know, just picking up the phone and that voice is there. Just, just saying just normal things, you know. It's like, it's like uh, it's funny. I have to came for brunch next week. Oh, hang up the phone. Block. <laughs> Hello, I'd like to order two Chinese chicken salads. One with almonds. One without. Like, oh my God, no, you can't have that. Stop calling here. I don't know who you are, but you're freaking me out. Hello, Mom. To wish you a happy Mother's Day. I hope you got the flowers. Thank you so much for giving birth to me and raising me. Oh, God. We found a new character. <laughs> Between this and Out of Breath Jason, we've had a one-two punch, people. We don't have a lot of characters on the show, but I, th- I think we may have found some. I do not like it on a boat. I do not like it with a goat. Like, Mommy, I don't want Daddy to reach me anymore. <laughs> It all started when my father insisted on reading me my bedtime stories. <laughs> Good night, Moon. <laughs> At Where one point, we? I would have been able to just rattle off that whole book. That's how ingrained it was in me. It's crazy how I I could not remember any parts of that book to do the rest of that joke. So we uh, kick it from that opening. And then, of course, we have the oh, title card for Thanksgiving. Which is Thanksgiving written out in bloody text, and it's like a the, knife it's like the, it's like stabbing the rocky, a turkey. It's like the Rocky Horror font. Yes. <laughs> exactly, yes. the Rocky Horror font. Yes. And when he stabs that turkey, it bleeds. Yeah, <laughs> it bleeds. It's also on a on a platter full of cut pieces of corn on the cob, which they look like is not mini how corns, I've ever though. seen a turkey dressed. I, that can't be full-grown corn on the cobs. Those are like teeny. No, no, yeah. no, no. Those are sections of corn on the cob. Those are coblets. This, Very this, small is, this is not the worst thing that's done to a cob. turkey in this uh, in this trailer, though. There's no dressing. There's no peas. <laughs> Just turkey. Uncle Frank, you can't have salt anymore, so you're going to have to apply your own <laughs> i think i think if i try to get my voice that low i'm just gonna like rupture my larynx so i'm not i'm, I'm not gonna try that <laughs> there was an embarrassing time uh when i was 17 18 where i decided i would try to talk like christian slater in heathers <laughs> that's that's a, that's a that's a fair goal uh-huh. so i sort of spent about maybe six months going like this they sure do have an open door policy on assholes, though, don't they? And did you, did you like start having like a smoker's hack after a while? That seems like it'd be very rough on the on the throat after a while. No, you know it's actually a pretty comfortable voice. You can you can stick like Kristen Slater's been doing it for thirty years, right? You, you yeah, can stick without with even it. trying. That's just how he talks. No, I think he saw a lot of Jack Nicholson movies. I think he was sixteen and went through the John Brandon uh, moment. Oh yeah, I mean Heather's is definitely straight Jack Nicholson. <laughs> so. We then cut to uh, our 
Plymouth Thanksgiving Day Parade. And we get a little bit of a glimpse at our killer's outfit, which looks reminiscent of what would eventually become the fisherman's costume in I Know What You Did Last Summer. It has a lot in common. It's, it's black leather, and it's got a pilgrim hat, and mm-hmm. it's so low, this guy cannot see what he's looking at. And it, it's impossible. He's got little eye holes cut out in it, you know, though. <laughs> Like, I thought like it was a, just the brim was tilted. You think that it's down over his eyes? It, what's the, what was the character Mushmouth from Fat Albert? He has the, the, the hat <laughs> pulled over his face. Nabbit Robin. I'm a gobble kibble abbot bubble. I think we give him it. <laughs> so, yeah, it is really, it is tilted down very low. And he also holds his face down low so you can't see him. I mean, it's for effect. It, this isn't reality. Let, we're not kidding anybody. There, there, no one meant this to be anything other than an elaborate joke. There's a, a, a Genesis character, uh, which I think was maybe based on a comic called Chacken the Forever Man, who looks a lot like this, like with a dumb Ooh. hat like that, too. Yeah, I can totally see that. I, I um, hope I hope that my defining characteristic someday is that she, wore, she wears a dumb hat. <laughs> <laughs> you know... Uh, only you can make this happen, Gina. <laughs> That's true. That's right. No I, one else is in charge of this. I, I just I can't decide if it's going to be a, a Viking helmet mm-hmm. or 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 a sporty top hat or perhaps one of those old timey pilots uh, leather pilots hats. Gina, That's a good look. Go to the yeah. store, find a hat that suits you and your personality. Maybe a fascinator. Maybe a beret. Maybe it's a top hat. Whatever works. Gina thought the best use of her time was to show up to places dressed like Randy Quaid from Independence Day. She got noticed for all the right reasons. Mixing this is going to be hellacious. I can already tell that none of these jokes are going to land because people are going to go just endlessly on on Twitter. I can't hear anything you're saying. Um, just static, all, just, just static and vibration all the way. <laughs> right. It's just assume it. we're laughing at very funny rumbling. <laughs> just, just assume that that our guest, our special guest, beside other than John Brennan, is his character actor Ted Levine. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I sound like that. <laughs> uh, so one of the things that I quite like about this parade sequence is it must have cost all the money, or they actually did it during an actual parade. It was filmed in uh, Czechoslovakia. Like, oh like my this, God. Was, this, this uh, overlapped with when he was filming one of the Hostel movies. Ah. And so, like, I think that the actress that played the grandmother was was Czech, and like that's why some of the like the actor that plays Bobby uh, Jay Hernandez, I think his character, the actor's name, he was in Hostel too. So he got oh. a lot of the he re he kind of recycled a lot of the cast and a lot of the crew to do the that doesn't explain how they did a parade sequence or why it explains something about that parade sequence though like how how so uh the tiki head (laughs) (laughs) no that's a big part yeah i mean the only way you can really tell that's yeah american thanksgiving i mean what do you what would you know about that that is true Yeah. Dude, why, why don't you educate me on how I celebrate yeah, Thanksgiving, we, Brandon? Yeah, we serve, as, as, as evidenced by Ivanka Trump, we, we serve our Thanksgiving dinner in a giant clamshell. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we, we do it with flair. Check out those sex clams. 
you know, we, we have you ever seen a, a Charlie Brown? <laughs> have you ever seen a, a Charlie Brown Thanksgiving where they serve jelly beans and toast? That's one hundred percent an accurate depiction of American Thanksgiving. Oh. And and also, chil- children are often left to 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 get to their grandparents' houses by their own devices. Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, for sure. Well, what, am, what what am I going to take you in a car? That's not how this works. Walk I gotta go, I gotta go. I gotta give haircuts, man. I'm open three. I'm open. I'm open all year round. I don't get holidays <laughs> off. But um, I mean, I think that I'm pretty sure that the only visual evidence that this is actually a Thanksgiving parade is that someone is dressed like a turkey. Mm-hmm. I, other than that, I think it just looks like a parade. So it's entirely possible. He may just said, okay, here we're going to, we're just going to do this thing. We're going to have this actor in a turkey costume yeah. and he's going to act like his head gets cut off. <laughs> I mean, there, there are a lot of American flags, but they all seem to be bordered with yellow fringe. Yeah. I noticed that too. <laughs> yeah. It's very so, weird. They're like, get some American flags. And like, okay, well, this was up in a bar down the street. Will this work? He's like, it's going to have to. <laughs> um, the other thing that I really love is that the guy who puts on the turkey costume can't raise his arms with the wings. So he's like, yeah, put it on my head. Put it on my head. He just motions with his head to put it on there. But he, like, he's, he's got to prepare. He's got his conductor's bayonet thing. Or not, what is mm. it? Baton. Sorry, not bayonet. That would make parades so much more exciting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just swinging a bayonet. Someone who's wearing a costume where they can't see anything, just swinging a bayonet around. <laughs> so victim number two, I think, of the victims we've covered, in, well, I've covered personally on your show, uh, mm. is the most attractive. He's, a, he's just a cute little... A, like you know, twenty-something bearded guy with a cute little chin strap beard. I think. Now, would you would you date someone that short? Because uh, you you you're a, a a tall gentleman. Is does that sort of size differential? Is that something that you're oh, okay with? Because he seems like a, a a tinier guy than you. I'm five six, so I, I would assume. Really? No, you yeah, are not. Five, I am six. five six. You, you, you sound taller. <laughs> You, a, you sound taller. B, in every photograph I've ever seen of you, you seem like you're six three. <laughs> I put, you know, I'm very good at selfies, and I like to put my my cameras low for for added and, effect. And he and he wear and he wears tin can stilts. Exactly. You have blown my mind, Brandon. <laughs> no, he's, I feel, he's adorable, this guy. And, and he's down. What? And he's down him. with putting on a turkey costume. So he's he's That's probably right. fun. He's probably a fun guy. Yeah. He's laid Our back. furry, yep. maybe. If you're into that thing, if you got a Pottersville, uh, oh my god, I want to see that. I want to see that movie so bad. Uh, it's a movie. It looks like a standard Hallmark Christmas movie, mm-hmm. but from what we've been able to gather from it, eventually the main character gets drunk and inserts himself into a Bigfoot costume and finds himself in the middle of a furry par- party in the woods. And the the best part is the leading man, Michael Shannon. <laughs> I thought like Pottersville was some sort of comedic riff on. No, it's it's real it's and, and evidently it's real and evidently mostly sincere, which oh. is probably the most mind-boggling part about it. I, I like to think that Michael Shannon isn't quite at the you know I have gambling debts part of his career. <laughs> but there's a lot of like Tom Lennon shows up. Tom Tom Lennon does not need money, and he shows up doing an Australian accent, acting like Quint yeah, from Jaws. Ian McShane is in it. Um, I guess taking a break from American Gods. Judy Greer is in it, and and, and again, yeah. I, the the 
I thought up until yesterday when I heard that it was available in full on, on Amazon that this was some sort of elaborate prank, but but it's it's real and I'm you 100% going to watch it. So seriously, like, like no joke, I thought the premise of that movie was it was what would life be like in Pottersville if that No, that's had... just the name it's just the name of the town. Oh yeah. man. Okay, the movie I have imagined is so much better. <laughs> I don't know. Are you sure about that? I don't that? know. Does, does <laughs> yours involve does yours involve furries? Yeah, I, I like furries. I most like a lot of my Twitter friends are furries for sure. I mean, I, I I think I would have never thought that a, a Christmas movie could be improved with the addition of furries, but I have been proven wrong. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> Merry Christmas, Das. Um, so he gets his head chopped off, <laughs> and this whole sequence is amazing because the, obviously the crowd starts panicking. Somehow the guy carrying the axe manages to get away. And they're just kicking this poor man's head around inside the turkey with the turkey mask. <laughs> it is almost the best part of the whole. It, it, my only favorite part, the only thing I like more is is when the, the very brief scene in which the murder is being investigated, which has the greatest line <laughs> yeah. reading of any movie ever. The entire thing of that, with the deputy reaching his oh, finger God. into mm-hmm. the blood. And tasting it, like he's trying, like he's testing, co- like he's testing cocaine. <laughs> yes, and, 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 and like I just love that that Michael Bean is that yeah, House Brown? Yeah, yeah, Michael Bean, who's been in like ten million movies, and about four of them have been good. He just gets this disgusted look on his face and says, "Son of a bitch." <laughs> that's just, I I think I kind of just lost it at that minute because it's just that's not even a reaction to something like this that a person would actually have he was angry about it that there was blood all over the street i definitely knew that he was a famous person i just couldn't pick out which famous person that guy oh was. yeah i mean if you throw a stone at like 80s and 90s cable he you're gonna hit him oh he was in yes, terminator sure. i mean right yeah, he was in The Terminator, he was Aliens. in Aliens, and yeah. those are two of the four movies he's been in that are good. I have one last uh, question Grand about the, one of the, others. the turkey yes. costume. Mm-hmm. So you see them putting the head on the turkey costume. At that point, it's just a turkey. However, mm-hmm. when you see it in the parade, they've put a pilgrim costume on that turkey costume. <laughs> It's a turducken of costumes because it's a hat on a hat on a hat. Mm-hmm. Well, mm-hmm. you know, probably, you know, when, in the Christmas parade, he puts like a Santa hat on. You know, Easter parade, he, he puts, they, they get a lot of use out of this turkey costume. That's right. You know, he, he they have come, a lot of costumes. For, for, you know, for the Valentine's Day parade, he comes out carrying a little bow and arrow with, you know, with, with <laughs> you know, the quiver's got little arrows with hearts on the end of them. You'd think that they'd just put like the whole costume together before he gets into it, but they're really like, living through the experience of being that turkey and making the turkey put on clothes. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, now, is that how Canadian Thanksgiving works? Mm-hmm. You put uh, a turkey in clothes? Yeah. And do you eat it at all, or you just invite it to dinner? I assume that's Czech Thanksgiving. Okay. <laughs> that makes sense. We mostly apologize to the turkey. We're very sorry. <laughs> very sorry. Oh, we should have had you on for Terror Train for part of it. <laughs> I was very angry. <laughs> <laughs> I'd actually see, I've actually seen Terror Train before. I remember uh, uh, David Copperfield. Yeah, it's an interesting movie. <laughs> it's it's cl- it's close to being great, and then it kinda isn't. Oh well, we ha- listen. We have a whole episode on Terror Train, people. If you yeah. haven't listened to it yet, do so today. So let's move on to our next sequence. Now Thanksgiving becomes a slightly different film, whereas before. 
we had a killer who was just killing what appeared to be random people in in that parade sequence very publicly. Mm -hmm. Now we have a bit of a stalker situation going on. We meet two people in a gym in a scene that is obviously (laughs) referencing final exam uh, because it's a darkened abandoned gym. (laughs) (laughs) Movie that everyone knows, final exam. We've seen some shit, man. (laughs) Gina, do you know what he's talking about? I I do. (laughs) Final exam is a very uneventful slasher. It is full of, we might have to cover it one day, if only because it is filled with really interesting character choices. But it takes place on an almost abandoned college campus. And at one point, the jocks pull a prank where it's a drive-by shooting. They just pile out of a van with machine guns and start shooting into a crowd. Hilarious! Oh, yes. And then when one of the characters calls the sheriff and says, come here, he's like, why did you call me here for this? (laughs) (laughs) It was a more more innocent time. (laughs) Obviously, no one's hurt. And why would I investigate people piling out of vans with, you know, masks on shooting people? Like, I... (laughs) I have real things to cover. So, yeah, that's final exam. Um, so you- <laughs> See it today. See it today. <laughs> you could probably Don't wait until rush. tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. It's out from Scream Factory. Uh, it looks better than it should. And it is very slow. Now, uh, this is not slow. We meet two individuals who could not have more visual disparity if you tried. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We- Do you remember... Yeah. In uh, 30 Rock, where Kenneth was pretending to be the husband of the receptionist girl, and he had to explain that he, the the visual disparity between the two is because he is very wealthy. <laughs> <laughs> well, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, it's this, funny because it, it's true. <laughs> this guy, this poor, unfortunate young fellow spoke, I sort of imagined him talking like the theater usher at the end of The Critic. And Just a sort of, you know, in perpetual puberty, his voice is constantly cracking. And, and You're just... right! <laughs> oh, gee whiz! <laughs> now, he's the got the... The show's over, sir! He's got the fake teeth uh, going that Michael Richards wore in the wonderful film UHF for the character. I, I hope you Stanley don't mean that. I, I hope you don't mean that I know, ironically. I, I, I went and saw that in the theater. That is a masterpiece. It is great. And uh, yeah, so he's got the Stanley's, but I call them young Stanley in my notes just for. I think I just, I think I might've written down pizza face. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He has an unfortunate skin condition, but, you know, some things you can help some things you can't. But a real uh, it's teenager. obviously a choice. But he's also the only one playing, presumably, a high school student who actually looks like a high school student, mm-hmm. as opposed to 35-year-old at the time, Eli Roth. <laughs> <laughs> he was just supposed to be a creep. That's that's the vibe I got out of Eli Roth. But, well, he but... was wearing a he was wearing like a, a Letterman's jacket though, so I think he was supposed to be like the like... next six characters we meet are all wearing. <laughs> Yeah, it's just, Letterman's jackets. Yeah, it's the same. It's got to be the same jacket. I feel like he's watching this young blonde white girl with her shirt comes off in I think the third frame of her appearance. She, I, I am impressed with her ability to jump on a trampoline while taking her clothes off because I have, I have actually, and not even in a in a seductive way, have <laughs> have fallen down while taking my pants off. <laughs> just, just, not on a trampoline. Not on a trampoline, just standing in, in the middle of, of, of my bedroom, probably looking at my phone as I usually am, but I, I I have done the whole 
legs getting tangled up. Ah, I'm just all over the floor. So that is some that is some skills to be jumping and making flirty faces and laughing and taking your clothes off without missing a beat. Although, of course, the fact that she is not wearing a bra probably helps because that would be the most complicated part of it. Mm. But getting her underwear down? Underwear. <laughs> while bouncing on a trampoline like that requires legitimate skills yeah she has to like i mean, I mean it didn't go quite that far but it looks like she is are we assume that she just jumps up and like just jumps out of the underwear because again that would be amazing <laughs> just to put this in relief for everyone not 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 to bag on this kid's looks too much but the <laughs> oh, visual geez. disparity between the cheerleader and her boyfriend is so wide Evil Knievel plans to jump it next spring in a rocket car. Uh, it is crazy. He gets uh, what we assume to be a stealth uh, sort of throat slashing. We're you not really sure. Let's anything, assume it's a throat slash. We see, no, he's like grabbed uh, from behind and then like yeah. he like falls over. So you know, something involving a knife. Yeah, he's just staring and we see a black gloved hand, which is wearing different gloves than the gloves we've seen previously. These wow, are I didn't like notice driving that. gloves. Well, he's not wearing the hat either, is he? You all you see is the glove in the sleeve of his oh, okay. his his jacket. So we don't really get a clear view of what's happening. We just know that he's killed. Well, and then if, in, if this was an official death list, I would put him as a question mark because you don't know he's killed. He could have been like shh, shh, just just whispered off off stage. <laughs> Can you be quiet for a second? <laughs> I, I'm gonna do something really cool. First time in what feels like forever, a get bunked. <laughs> we have a person who is stabbed through another thing. Well, well, it happened. It, it, she's hashtag I mean, get bunked. I don't. I don't. Can you can you count that as a get bunked? Because she kind of more just lands on it. She's stabbed through another thing. Right. Impaled. And, and also, she's impaled. It, impaled. Yeah. yeah. That's yeah. That's. And also he he ex- exhibits Jason Voorhees's remarkable ability to figure out without seeing someone where they're going to land <laughs> or lean against or roll over on or without having just the right the, the sweet spot of where to put this weapon. So that the or person studied is, her trampolining style and just knows how she bounces. And, and he also assumed that she was just going to you know land on her ass and then come back up. I mean that's also. <laughs> That's also some pretty good deductive abilities. Now, uh, is it a sensor thing, or is that just supposed to be film where so you don't actually see the details of this kill? Oh yeah, I mean, like, I think it's just supposed to be implied, like that that, yes. that that's. I mean, I doubt that in an actual movie it would go much further than that. I mean, mm. I hope that it wouldn't because that's kind of a little horrifying to ponder. But but I mean, that's. But it's also not an injury that one would die from immediately. Oh, well, but. That, but what? <laughs> On the version I watched, there was film marks over her nudity, so you didn't really see. Oh yeah, you definitely, yes. you definitely saw a different version. I mean, that there was like no, 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 no. The the theatrical one has film noise over. Oh, I guess her it crotch does. as she's coming down. Yeah, so, so like, that I mean, is an intentional okay thing that they're attempting to do there to tease the audience. <laughs> With more nudity than you're going to get. Right. I need to come back. I need to come back to this. She wouldn't die immediately. I, I feel okay. that, some that, about that. I, I feel that she probably would. 
I mean, I'm not saying that she wouldn't die, Gina. I'm just saying if you were to land ass first, I don't think that's. Knife, I don't think you that wouldn't was... go. Oh, that's all I have to give, and then just die immediately. I, was I, that I, ass I, first? I don't think that was. I don't think she, that was supposed to be there. I right. think that was. Well, <laughs> t- what, what is the flattest surface that is coming down? We're getting really. Are we? Really, are we? Really do we? Do, do I really need to? You know, create some sort of chart and go on, on video and kind of show you what this yeah. is? I mean, it's not okay. Let, let me. I will say it's not a plausible. <laughs> Injury. I mean, I don't think that you would so perfectly land on this thing. I mean, I would probably go in her leg, which again, right. you, you don't want a knife in your thigh either, because that's that's not going to lead to anything arteries good. There, yeah, <laughs> including the major one. So, yes. but yeah, I, I. What is the point we're trying to make here? <laughs> I, I don't know. listen. All I'm saying is, it's not that she wouldn't die from it. It's that she wouldn't. Just like a stab wound to the stomach wouldn't kill you immediately. You wouldn't just drop over. Like, that takes a while for you to to bleed out. Uh, That's all I'm saying. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, this is definitely filmed in a way where, you know, the audience, as trailers are supposed to be, that you'll want to see what happens next. (laughs) Yes, it's just the impact. That's what we're trying to get across. And it does that very well. She chose the wrong time to land in splits, though, because before she was bouncing on her legs, this is the only time she lands in a split, and it's and, and somehow and somehow the the killer knew she was going to do that, which is which is pretty impressive. He knew her routine. Listen, yes, mm. he like Jason knows a person's fuck style. And this and the and Thanksgiving trample, killer trample, knows people's trampling style, jump style. Uh, we then cut to the Thanksgiving title card again. Just for impact. We then cut to Eli Roth and his the lead from uh from Cabin Fever, uh Jordan uh, Ladd. Jordan Ladd, yeah. And and um, we get to we get to see his astonishingly hairy thighs. Oh man, he's got a lot of hair and he has decided I'm going to find a way for me to make out with Jordan Land, and that is to write this fake trailer and insert myself into it with her. And it's, so, it's the the I, can I just say that the the foley in this scene is is pretty cringeworthy. Oh, so uh, much mouth sounds. I have so a much. note about the foley here, honestly, <laughs> because there's a gulp sound, which implies there's definitely a, lot of, a, a there's definitely a gulping sound. Yeah. Yes. It means there's this is a also, very short experience. There's, there's also the plan of attack going on here in terms of how this blowjob is being achieved, which is almost like Eli Roth is giving some sort of hurricane rana to her face. He's completely straddling her with both his thighs. Mm-hmm. Kind of a Xenia on the top thing. Yes. <laughs> yes. If you see Goldeneye. Now they're in this big fifties. I couldn't. I'm normally pretty good at picking cars, but fifties is a blind spot for me. But it's a big fifties convertible. This is definitely evoking the 1988 version of the Blob, which has a very infamous, almost date rape sequence in which a guy plies a girl with too much alcohol, and when he, after she passes out, he reaches his hand into her blouse. And comes up with the blob inside, as as eaten her from the inside out. Oh, gross! Such, such a great scene. Oh no! Oh my God, it's the best. That Dude, movie. If you have not seen the so blob, gross. <laughs> it is. It's it so is, good. It's good, and it's gross, and it really holds up. Hmm. It's without a doubt in the top ten of '80s horror films, and that is saying something for that decade. It is so much better than anyone gave it credit for. And the special effects in it 
are amazing. Hmm. You will not know how they created the blob. How- Until the end when it gets a little stop motiony. every sequence in it with the blob, you're like, how the fuck did they do that? Now, I always confuse it with the stuff. Which do you prefer? The, the blob. Oh, the, the blob. The, the, okay. stu- the, stuff is, the stuff gets a little gross, but it's in a very obvious b-grade special effects sort of way <laughs> and it's just it's more it's it's very it's very silly yeah um the the blob i would say probably could use a, a slight dose of humor to it but but other than that i, mean, I would say that's it i mean i'm sure you know if we get letters we would get letters for this i would say it's on the same par as the thing hmm. in which like oh, wow. i mean the, the thing is definitely more much grosser i i actually just saw a screening of it uh, last week, and man, do those special effects hold up! I mean, you mm-hmm. you, you see on that big screen, you're like covered in viscera afterwards. <laughs> um, but it's it's very much the same sort of almost body horror, where like people's faces are melting off, and oh. just like the fake out of somebody like you know moving a body, and then like you know the person's half the person's you know, your torso is gone, and it's it's very gross and and again similar to with the uh with what patrick said about how you kind of it's a little shaky in some spots some spots with the, the stop motion but other than that it really holds up if you haven't seen the blob i will go see the blob i, I will see, see the see the blob see the blob so eli roth is is propositioning this girl we got her first name in the movie his girlfriend is named Judy, and yeah, Ju- Judy is. Uh, she kind of changes allegiances pretty quickly. <laughs> yes, he's wearing uh, these rad orange briefs though that I want. I think they're really cute. Yeah, he's yeah. got those little tiny undies on. I like little tiny undies, and they, they've got the white <laughs> piping, which is a very seventies eighties thing. I mean, I don't. I, I cannot pinpoint at one point uh, just when exactly men return to wearing boxers, mm-hmm. but but certainly seventies and eighties were still wearing the, the tiny underpants. So during this blowjob, which con- contains a it's, lot of mouth noise, it's juicy. <laughs> I, I love uh, her. Her happy Thanksgiving, baby. <laughs> yeah, is, that, is oral sex something you really give someone as a Thanksgiving gift? Do you, you do, you give, do you give? Do you give um, any? Yeah. Do you give anybody a gift for Thanksgiving? Now is this a gift giving occasion? Well, other, listen, other than, if, other than if you give have the a gift significant of your... other, give them the gift of oral sex this Thanksgiving. <laughs> Let's all do it. I mean, I guess you know, kind of keep in keeping with you, know, the gift is the real gift is your presence. I mean, that's definitely your presence. So you, you don't get more present than giving someone a blowjob in a in an antique convertible happy uh, thanksgiving it, everyone happy thanksgiving <laughs> eli roth gets decapitated and we kind of hear him uh he lets us a little like Ugh! <laughs> yeah we assume that to be something else it turns out he's been decapitated this immediately flips over to judy now with another person well wait this, we forgot we forgot to mention that that they, so they the killer flings his head at the windshield of the <laughs> yeah, car yeah that's right <laughs> and, and she uh, he apparently may have achieved orgasm at the same time because she is swallowing as she's feeling up his chest to find out that he has a neck stump. Well, I mean, uh, without getting into too much, I mean, I realize we've already discussed the, the you know, how what kind of injury, injuries one was sustained by having a, a, a knife, you know, forcibly, when someone forcibly lands vagina first on a knife. Mm-hmm. I mean, you generate a lot of saliva during these during these uh this events this mm-hmm. occasion mm-hmm. so it's possible i mean it obviously was not that you're supposed to imply that you know he's 17 or so and you know that your 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 stamina at 17 is not great right and it's just you know a, a little gross out and a little you know the, the gulping i'm like oh god really <laughs> <laughs> and it's a very exaggerated it's like a <laughs> 
It's like taking cough medicine. She should have yeah. been like holding her nose or something. And so uh, after Eli's head lands on the, the windshield and we get another Thanksgiving title card, uh, Judy is making out with yet another uh, Bob, this lettered is, this high is, school This person. is Bobby. Right. Who, mm-hmm. who doesn't seem particularly alarmed that she is telling him that, that her last boyfriend <laughs> just had his head cut off. Well, he, he, you know, how much are you going to believe a girl when she comes screaming out of the forest saying that her boyfriend that she was giving a blowjob to was just decapitated? I mean, you, got, you can't take that at face value. Mm-hmm. You have to discount <laughs> it in some way. Maybe she's polyamorous and she's all, she was dating both of them at the same time yeah That's it's, it's, it's true and, and, way to view it. and, and, Bo- and bobby may be thinking finally this is just me the other, the other one's out of the picture <laughs> i got you all to myself they start making out in the loudest way possible <laughs> and then incomprehensibly while she's while judy still has his head in her hands he is decapitated <laughs> his body just falls away and the killer's right behind it with the brim of the hat still well over his eyes. Mm-hmm. And it's a pretty good prosthetic Tyler. head going on here. That was a good head. Yes, it was. <laughs> oh, wait. As, a, as opposed to what happened oh. in, uh, in the car. <laughs> all, all wah, both those wah. heads are better than the decapitated head that is used in Friday the 13th, Part 7. That looks 100%. like it was molded out of old bubble gum. 100%. We then. Get title card Thanksgiving. We meet the same grandma. We saw it in the very first sequence. Mm-hmm. Family is coming home. Happy and Thanksgiving, we... grandma. And then we cut to all of them at the table. Tied up. Very specifically tied up. <laughs> and the killer wearing an apron. <laughs> a bloody apron. Pulls, a bloody apron. Pulls back a sheet that is covering the table to what is a roasted human being mm-hmm. with what looks like what looks like like a stuffing horn sticking out of his ass <laughs> yes no no to add it's a to cornucopia ass ass vagina uh confusion at first i thought that would be where uh you know the lady place would be but i guess not right it i don't know that i am able to determine the sex of this individual there is a thermometer sticking out of the very low abdomen of this individual and appears to be stuffing coming out of two locales. That's upsetting. It's very upsetting. This person is trust. And I don't know what oven he managed to get this human body into. And to think of how long he roasted it is in and of itself. How long would you roast a 180 pound human? I don't know. Like it depends on if you. It depends on if you. You know how you take your meat. Mm. That's right. Basting. Listen. That the skin of this human being <laughs> that has been roasted is perfect. Perfect. The, perfect. <laughs> this person has a lot of skills. Like you don't just wake up one day and go, "I'm going to do this," and then this is your first result. Like this is a crazy amount of beginner's luck. If it's that. Um, but everyone is staring at this and their immediate reaction is to throw up. And the little kid who's tied up next to the guy who throws up is kind of smiling when that guy does it. <laughs> I assumed at first this was going to be grandma tied up 
from the, yeah, but, the first shot. But you yeah. see in the reverse, there is a lady who looks just like Grandma at the table tied up. Yes. And this person, again, I'm not entirely sure if those are breasts or pecs. You, you, honestly, I don't think you can tell. It's very difficult. Mm-hmm. But it should be noted that there are those little miniature chef hats yeah. on each of the person's toes. And fingers. <laughs> fingers. <laughs> Like the effects house that put this together, I assume it's <laughs> it's the the same effects house that does uh, the Walking Dead, the KB uh, group. They must have been delighted mm-hmm. to come up with this concoction because it, is, it should be noted that there's another Thanksgiving turkey mm-hmm. at the table. Only a person's head has been sewn onto it, mm-hmm. and it's either Eli Roth's or Jay he- uh, Jay Hernandez's head. He, he really, the killer in this really goes for presentation. Mm-hmm. Yes. Now, my main question here, uh, when I saw this scene, is: you have the whole family, it looks like about twelve people tied up at the table, and they're waiting for the dinner to be displayed, but they're very shocked by it. How did he get that? body there were they was the body there first and he brought the kidnapped people to the table that's what i said okay yeah yeah I, that, I don't think there's any other way to do it to have an actual reveal well yeah a one man lifting a i mean i'm fairly strong i don't think i could lift a, a 200 pound body on a serving platter like that to a table yeah we're not dealing with reality here this is a <laughs> <laughs> we've gone beyond that point with this i mean we, when you have a movie in which someone can be making out with someone and not be aware <laughs> they just had their head cut off i think you know all, all bets are off you know as far as trying to remain you know, logical and, and and realistic we then slam into the final thanksgiving title card and cut to this very odd scene. Oh god, of the pilgrim, let's say, having sex with the turkey with the head on it. Okay, so I was half right then because I I said that I'd had a uh, a, a Mandela effect moment where I remember just being the turkey, and then I watched it again today. I'm like, oh no, there's a head there. Okay. <laughs> He's he's holding onto the head by the hair. He is naked. There are two minor children. Oh God! Also in this do you show. really think he cares at this point? About- I I don't. What do you pay these children for this? That wasn't this in the version nuts. I watched. Uh-huh. This whole scene was not there. This is really disturbing. I'm gonna have to find this alternate cut because yikes! Yeah, it's it is a, a little blurb at the end of it that is the so, sort of button uh, <laughs> at the end of it all. There's a, again a lot of foley work being done oh, here no. in terms of yeah, of it's squishy floppy sex noises. It it, it is uh it is it is uh, squishy and 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 upsetting. Um, I actually discovered thanks to the 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 Netflix series um uh Mindhunter. That there mm-hmm. is a a term for for having sex with a a uh, a human head, let's just say without without the uh, the the consent of the person whose head that belonged to who, mm-hmm. who the head belonged to. Mm-hmm. I am attempting to look up the I the uh, irumatio i r r u m a t i o. So there, you've learned something from what from listening to Kill by Kill. There is a word for that. Wow. <laughs> I don't want to know these things. So he yes, wasn't having do. sex yes, with the do. turkey? He was having sex with the head in the turkey? No, no. He's having sex with the turkey. Oh. The head is at the end of it. So he's technically so, kind of, he technically kind of is. He's he's basically having doggy style sex with a turkey, <laughs> with, but the head is still as attached to the other end of it. 
This has gone in a very weird direction. This is the most sexual edition <laughs> I'm of very sorry. we have ever done. <laughs> no, you don't have to be sorry. You didn't choose this. Gina chose it. <laughs> it's true. It's true. It's true. So that that's pretty much it for Thanksgiving. Um, let's, as we all, any final thoughts? I mean, this is just, I mean, this is really is the best thing that, that Eli Roth has ever done. I, I am, sure. I am not particularly a, a fan. I, I have seen, I guess you could say, I, it'll be fair to say I've seen two and a half of his movies because I've also watched the, the movie within the movie of Inglorious Bastards, which he, he directed. Oh, wow. Um, people seem kind of surprised that I don't like Eli Roth movies because particularly I think with horror, people expect you to like everything in the genre. <laughs> I, I have gotten, I've actually heard, you know, what do you mean you you, you don't want to see Blair Witch 2, Book of Shadows? You love horror. <laughs> and and I, I don't watch all of it. I mean, it's it's a very extensive genre and I don't have the, the, the time or the wherewithal to watch all of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I don't find his movies particularly enjoyable. Um it's this movie well this this uh this short is evidence that he does have a sense of humor which is not evident in any of his other movies they're all kind of bleak and unpleasant and and you know gross in a not fun sort of way but yeah this is this is definitely outside of his his wheelhouse and it's a lot of it's a lot of fun i mean it's not quite as good as don't but it's but it's up there I am not a tremendous fan of Mr. Roth's work. I think he's probably one of those guys, and I've said this before, that uh, he probably is, you know, he has all the right references. He's seen all the right movies. He's a genuine, enthusiastic fan of the horror genre. And when in a group, when Quentin Tarantino goes, oh, you know, like that, that, you know, that one from 1978, he has the answer. And so he's going to always be in that crew of cinephile vidiots like <laughs> savants but that doesn't always necessarily translate to his films which seem to have ideas and i don't know that he has the skills to convey those ideas in the manner that i enjoy that being said if you like mr roth's work the, this is not an issue you should always like what you like and this does not harm anyone else but i have outside of this yet to see the Eli Roth film that really brings me around to him as a filmmaker. Um, and this is, I think distills what the, he can do if he wanted to. And it, it's advantages that it's only, you know, two minutes plus long, John, I've seen hostile and I've seen cabin fever and I, I feel like he's got almost a puritanical sense of, he likes to explore sex and, and the way sex and horror inter- intertwine, but unlike something like The Fly or The Brood, he doesn't do it in an interesting way. It always comes off very judgmental on, mm-hmm. on any, like, uh, what's his na- what's the name of that director that does The Brood? Oh, Cronenberg. Yeah. Unlike Cronenberg, Kronen- has an appreciation for the female body, that, and I feel that Eli Roth hates it. Like just every time he talk, like it interacts with with women, it's always just violent and not exploring in an interesting way that that I find very very off putting in his his movies. Oh, for sure, yeah. And, and it's, it's I, particularly I, evident in something like Hostel too, in which he's trying to reverse course of some of the themes of Hostel, right? And presenting three female protagonists, 
And then at the same time, he's done a completely flip side of of the hostel movie where he has two grown men who are going to participate in the hostel system. And those two halves of that movie don't really meet. Hmm. And people don't really talk like human beings. It's not really for a lack of casting bad people. And it's just it, it just comes off off-putting. I really disliked uh, the Green Inferno, and I wanted to like it. Mm. That was I, the I, one I really wanted to. I didn't and even man, get that bad. far. I I watched Cabin Fever and like half of Hostel, and then I was like, you know what? I'm good. Mm. I, I I've got this. This is all I need to see. <laughs> Hostel had yeah. one good scene, I thought, because there's the two guys that are very broy, and then there's their third nerdy friend, and. The nerdy friend flirts with the doctor on the train, who's also a man, and they're obviously into each other. Like, there's a homosexual attraction between the two that I thought was very well observed because it was so quiet and not overt. And it was someone who was very uncomfortable with the friends who he's obviously attracted to. Mm. And I thought that was really, really cool. But the rest of the movie was it's not interesting. <laughs> I, I wish he would break himself of the formula, perhaps. And and find a way to deliver a film that was just different. Mm-hmm. And I, I think he just he wants to do something within the formula and it doesn't quite fire. Uh, so let's uh, break this down. It's time once again for that Thanksgiving treat we all look forward to <laughs> after we've filled ourselves up with gore. It is choose your own death venture time. And let's. We're going to make some assumptions here (laughs) because some of these deaths are very obscure. But up for choice, we have stabbed with the carving knife, decapitated while you're inside of a turducken-like turkey slash pilgrim costume. (laughs) Uh, We have a what we assume to be a a throat slit uh, and then a get bunked through a trampoline, Mm -hmm. a BJ decapitation, a makeout decapitation, and then have your body dressed up like a Thanksgiving turkey. And and, and and defiled. And defiled. <laughs> In unimaginable ways. And, and John, as our guest, I turn to you first for your answer. Okay, okay. I'm going to say... I'm going to be uh Amish-looking Beardo guy and get my head chopped off while at a parade. Because it looks like he's having fun right up until the very second he dies. Well, we don't know how long that parade route has been up until that point. Oh, it you're right. It could have been like eight or nine... Czechoslovakian blocks. So, well, maybe I have to take that into consideration. Mm -hmm. Well, you're stuck with it now. Um, Sorry. Uh, Sorry. Sorry. It's pronounced sorry. 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 My sorry. Uh, Gina, what say you? Uh, Patrick, we've been doing this for over a year now. I think we've gotten to know each other (laughs) and, and, you know, we formed a a bond. And you know, you know that I have to go with decapitating a turkey costume. It's, I, I tell me you wouldn't be shocked if I if I picked any other one but that one. No, no, I, I can totally see it. No, it's it makes perfect sense. Uh, and anyone who has listened to the podcast for as many episodes as we've done at this point will know that uh, I will take out the makeout decapitation, mm. um, not the BJ decapitation, because mm. uh, I don't want to be found with my pants down. Mm. I want to be found fully clothed. And you have to be wearing tiny orange underpants. Yeah. No, that's not my... I, it doesn't look good with my skin tone, hmm. is what it comes down to. Well, it, it's it's fine. I don't look good in yellow. It doesn't mean that yellow clothes are bad. It just It's not good for me. 
All right. Um, well, that pretty much does it. Uh, John, uh, where can people uh, hear from you if, and, and say, I love that John Brandon. <laughs> I want to hear his voice more often. What does he do? I would recommend tracking down the Square Roots podcast where we, uh, one game at a time over a series of episodes, go through very exhaustively, just like this podcast, uh, every detail of your favorite role-playing games like Final Fantasy VII, which we haven't done yet, or like uh, Chrono Trigger, which we did just do, and we're doing Parasite Eve right now, which is horror-themed, so, huh? Horror? Yeah? You like that? Uh Huh? 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 Excellent. Check it out today, people. Gina, where can people find you on the internet? I write about 70s and 80s television at tuneintonight.wordpress.com. I just finished the emotionally and spiritually exhausting task of reviewing all three Amy Fisher TV movies. (laughs) (laughs) Don't let this work go in vain, people. Read all about the three different times major networks said, we have to tell the Amy Fisher story. I don't care if the other networks are doing it. Um, uh, two of them on the same night. Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> no wonder it's the golden age of television. I mean, for crying out loud. Is Amy Fisher the Buttafuoco lady? Yeah. Yes, Buttafuoco. I've mm-hmm. heard three different pronunciations of, of Buttafuoco, and, and, and every, every, every movie did it differently. Hmm. The Long Island Lowly does, she was referred to. <laughs> hmm. uh, do it today, people. Uh, check it out. And if you want to contact us at the Kill by Kill podcast, there's an easy way to do it. Uh, just check us out on Twitter at Kill by Kill Pod. You have something longer to say than 280 characters. Uh, it's possible. Email us, killbykillpod at gmail.com. Check us out on Instagram at Kill by Kill Podcast. We do fun things over there. And of course, if you like the show, please rate and review us on iTunes. We haven't had a new review since August, and I know that we have a lot of new listeners to the podcast since we were featured on the AV Club and so somewhat. And if you like what you hear, please do us a favor. When you give us a good review on iTunes, we get seen by more people, we're highlighted more often. And if you tell us what your favorite kill is in the Friday the 13th franchise, or even Thanksgiving... We will talk about it here on the air. That is our solemn promise to you, the Kill by Kill listener. And that does it for us, for myself, for Jim, for John. The body count will continue next time. Bye-bye, everybody. Bye. Goodbye. Kill by Kills produced by We Write Good and is intended for entertainment purposes only. Friday the 13th is owned by Paramount Pictures. Jason is owned by New Line Cinema. No infringement is intended. Kill by Kill logo was designed by Josh Hollis. Visit him at joshhollis.com. The Kill by Kill theme was created exclusively for us by Revenge Body. Get the whole track and much, much more at revengebodymemphis.bandcamp.com today.